John, thanks so much for being here and uh, for your willingness to tell your story about God's faithfulness as he has pursued you over a lifetime. And, uh, you know, as we sit here today, get to hear about God's grace at work in your life. Tell me, when, John, did you become a Christian? Well, actually, I'm a pretty new Christian. I just became a Christian about uh, six years ago when I was baptized in the River Jordan over in Israel. Uh, Although I grew up in a Christian home, and, uh, you know, my mom and dad were good Christians and planted the seed of faith in in all of us kids. And uh, I was very involved in the church. I was an acolyte. uh, A head pastor mentored me, and uh, he was very special to me. Um, But I just strayed and uh, always wanted to put on a mask and be somebody that I really wasn't. I didn't really let God give me my identity. I always wanted to be somebody else. Yeah. I know reading part of your story, um, the identity crisis was a reality of your story that I, as I read it, maybe became apparent in high school and then continued on through much of your life. Talk to me about your high school years and how the identity crisis of your life kind of fueled your future. Yeah, early on in, in high school, I was held back. And so there was some teasing. And so, you know, I thought, well, how do I deal with this? You know, I put on a mask and, and you be the guy, the bully. I'm the, and I'm not proud of it. Uh, and... Uh, so I wore a mask, and, and that mask led to drinking and, and smoking at a very young age and experimenting with drugs. Yeah. You know, all of the reasons, like I'm sure Glenwood was excited when I joined the military uh, because phew, got rid of him. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it, I wore a mask the whole time, trying to be somebody that I just wasn't never meant to be, but God didn't give up on me. Yeah, yeah. As you entered the military, uh, Tell me about that experience. Uh, did the mask continue to be worn? And uh, how has God proven his faithfulness over that season of your life? Um, yeah, I wore the mask because it, although the military was awesome, I'm very proud to be a veteran. I wore the mask again to fit in. Uh, so, was, you know, I was still drinking and, and actually ended up experimenting with more because there was your access to more. Sure. Um, drugs and etc. Um, but it was also the, the highlight of my life um, because that's where I met my beautiful bride, yeah. Jean. I know that uh, Jean, your wife, uh, was pretty instrumental in your faith journey. And I know that uh, the military is special because that's where you met her. Um, but as it relates to your faith journey and God's faithfulness in pursuing you, how was Jean instrumental throughout your life in that? Jean, was, I'd always say, was so grounded in, in the Lord. So I was going to church with her regularly. And, and again, um, as an orphan heart, I didn't know the father at that point, but I would go to church. You know, I was, and then I would go to work and live for all the sinful reasons, uh, you know, pride, money, power, all that good stuff. Um, and as much as she would pride me to, to do the right thing, the Christian thing, um, it, it was always her that would come up and start a Bible study with me. And it's like, really? I, you know, I, I have a tough time with Dr. Seuss and you want me to read the Bible? <laughs> um, 
So yeah, but yeah, she was the nucleus of she's the glue that held us together. John, I know that uh, Jean was uh, the glue that held the family nucleus together, and she often prayed for you and for your salvation. Um, but throughout your early marriage and into your adulthood and, and throughout much of your life, you had a lot of challenges that you faced. Uh, talk to me about some of those challenges and how God was faithful in being present through those challenges. I, I think that's why I have such a faith now is because it's, I'm so aware of how he was with me throughout all the challenges. Uh, I, th I think, you know, as I said, I, I drank a lot, never did quit. Um, Gene always used to tell me I, I had a drinking problem and that didn't ever set well. But neither one of my boys drank and I was very proud of that during high school. And uh, I'm sure it's because they saw their old man drunk a lot, uh, but neither one of them did. And then when our uh, youngest one went to University of Iowa, he was going to be an attorney. And in his junior year, he worked really hard in getting an apprenticeship. And he was told by the school he had to wait a year. And, um, but he tried. He called everybody in the phone book and got to the T's. And long story short, he found a lawyer that said, hey, if you went through all these attorneys and you got to me, I'll hire you. And so he started the job and went out with his buddies um, that night after the first job. And uh, they were drinking, actually intoxicated. And they were sitting at his buddy's apartment and he fell off the balcony. And about two o'clock in the morning, um, our phone rang and the doorbell rang at the same time. And... I remember so distinctly Gene saying, oh, my God, what's happening? And um, I answered the door, and it was a police officer. Gene answered the phone, and all I heard was her scream and start crying. And the police officer told me that your son is in critical condition. And I said, well, what's that mean? What happened? And he says, that's all I can tell you, but you need to get to the University of Iowa as quickly as possible. So we quick grab clothes and ironically, I mean, she doesn't even know how she got it, but she grabbed her mom's Bible. That's the only thing she grabbed. And it's a five and a half hour drive down there. Uh, I made it a lot less than that. <clears throat> I bet. And uh, she was reading me passages from the Bible as we were going down. Just before we got to Iowa, the brightest light that you could ever imagine you know how there's, I call them Joey rays, mm. but the sun rays, and they were so bright. Yeah. And I'll, I'll never forget Gene saying, it's the Lord. Mm. And it's like we both knew that he was going to pass. And uh, we got down there, and um, he was still alive. We got to see him, although I don't feel he was ever there. I, I think he had already spirited left his body. Uh, they did some tests. Uh, we had an angel show up for, for Gene. So that, that was very remarkable. Yeah. And, uh, and then he, we had to unplug him. And, uh, probably the hardest thing I've ever done is to watch that monitor. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine honestly how hard that that was for you. Um, 
How did God carry you through uh, the next season of life uh, after you lost Joey? Um, how did God show his faithfulness to you and care for you? Um, I think it started just like two months after that, after I got, because I was originally angry with God and, and, you know, Gene made a comment to me right away. And that always stuck in my mind. She said, God didn't take Joey. He received Joey. Wow. And that's just, I've said that statement hundred times since then to other people that have lost child, mm -hmm. children. And she wanted to start a uh, grief group. And so us and, and a couple of other couples, actually three other couples, started a grief group for people. And God was definitely with us at that time. The start of the second year, I had an enormous amount of guilt um, that I tried to hide from Gene. Uh, and I was guilty because he died drinking. And so I thought, well, where'd you learn that from the old man? You know, so I had a lot of guilt. John, I know that uh, your journey through grief with your son, uh, Joey's death, was uh, something that um, took you down this deep, dark hole that you talk about. Um, as you were in that darkness of that place, um, how did that end or what, what happened there that eventually brought the light of Christ into your world? Well, yeah, in, in the darkness of, of the manhole, um, you know, you, you see only one way and you see it as being a favor by ending your life. And, um, you don't see it as a negative thing. You see it as positive for everybody involved. And, uh, you know, it's, you don't see the selfishness behind suicide. Um, it's the farthest thing from your mind. Matter of fact, it's just the opposite. You think you're doing everybody a favor. Sure. And uh, so I got to that point and... Uh, had it all planned out. Uh, I thought perfect. Uh, and uh, Jean walked in and she wasn't supposed to. And, uh, and so we got help. And uh, it was probably the most devastating time to include losing Joey because I just broke down. The God just tore me down. I just, I, and I don't know if it was... God beating Satan out of me, but I just broke down and I cried and I cried and I just, okay, I needed help, she said. So we went, we sought help. Probably should have done that a lot sooner. Uh, but, and in that help, that's where I really, for the first time, saw God working and saying, John, no, I was with Gene. Why do you think Gene stepped in here? And I began to realize how much I'd hurt her, which is the last thing I would ever want to do was hurt my wife yeah. or anybody. My son, my remaining son, he was devastated that I would do this. Yeah. Um, but in my sick mind, and where I was at that point, I thought I was doing them all a favor. Yeah. yeah. Well, John, this is a great example of you 
being able to identify that in the darkness of your life, the light of Christ was shining. Yes, it was. And he brought hope to your life. Yeah. And I know as we fast forward through your life, challenges never ceased. No. You went through a bout of cancer yourself. Yeah. Talk to me briefly about that. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like after I <laughs> went, went through and finally got my, you know, the balance of my brain right and, and I thought things were going good with the Lord and everything. Yeah, then I came down uh, with uh, stage three prostate cancer and um, I, I guess at that point I didn't, didn't have much effect on me because I thought, you know what, worst things already happened to me. I lost my son, so... God, this this is yours, whatever you want. Um, and he healed me of, of that, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And uh, so I went through treatment. And uh, well, shortly after that, about less than six months, I came down with viral encephalitis. And I don't know, that's, that's nasty. Uh, I spent uh, a long time down at Mail. Um, I had to learn to walk and talk again and and uh, shortly after that, my uh, my spine gave away, and I had to have a rod put in. and And the doctor told me that was a miracle that I was even not paralyzed. He said I was the first one ever that he saw that wasn't paralyzed. And I said, "Well, no, that's that's God. He's he obviously has a plan for me. I don't know what it is, but yeah, he's got a plan." Yeah, yeah. Part of your story, as you continue to fast forward, you talk about how things one hard thing after another, after another. And we just have heard about that. Um, but you also got to a point where you realized you had to stop drinking. Yeah. Uh, when was that? And what was that experience like for you? Oh, it, it was, uh, again, God is just an amazing father. How loving he is. Uh, we had gone to church and Gene always wanted to go to Israel. Mm. And uh, we'd gone to church and they were planning a trip. And uh, so they, they were going to have a, an information meeting on it after church. And uh, she said that she would like if we went to it. I, uh, I'll go grab a cup of coffee and I'll wait for you. So I got to the truck and it was like God just turned me around. And I went back, listened to it. And it was intriguing. I mean, God just grabbed my heart. It, the only thing that set me back is is they told me I had to be able to walk 70 miles in two weeks because it was falling in the footsteps of Jesus. Right. Well, Trinity, back when I was drinking, I was like 50 pounds heavier. I couldn't walk a half a mile. Yeah. So that was a problem for me. Yeah. So I prayed really hard that night that we got home on Sunday night. I prayed really hard for God. Teach me how to exercise, yeah. Father. Yeah. Whatever way you want, just teach me. Uh, the next day I had a physical and so I went to my physical and I was doing the stress test. I was about three minutes into it and I started spitting blood up. And, uh, so they rushed me to the hospital and, uh, the doctor came in after running enormous amount of tests to figure out what it was. And, uh, he asked me to, if I wanted to be truthful, how much I drank. Because, you know, on the form it says, how do you drink? Yes. And I think every alcoholic puts a 
a six pack, maybe a week, you know, that's just something we do. Right. And, um, so I said, well, what do you mean the truth? And he says, well, you've ate out, uh, some of your lining of your esophagus in your stomach and you have liver damage. So you didn't get that from a six pack, uh, a week. And I said, well, it's, yeah, I, I said, I probably drink some nights a case of beer a night. And, uh, he told me, well, he says, you got to quit or you're not going to be around for much more than a year there, sir. Wow. And that was very humbling because I, I didn't think I was an alcoholic. Sure. I, you know, I never missed a day of work in my entire life. Uh, I never drank first thing in the morning, maybe at noon, but not, not first thing in the morning, right. you know? Um, so I didn't consider myself, I didn't even know what a functioning alcoholic was. And, uh, so after she left that night at the hospital, I got on my knees and prayed. I said, God, I, I didn't just pray. I cried. I said, God, I can't do this. And, uh, I fell asleep, woke up in the morning for the first time in <laughs> decades. I didn't have the urge to drink. Wow. Still had to go through withdrawals, but I did not have the urge to drink and haven't had it since. Praise the Lord. Yep. And it was uh, six years ago on February 19th. Wow. Praise the Lord. After that, you did go to Israel. I did. What happened in Israel? You know, it was the most spiritual impacting trip in my entire life. We went to the River Jordan. And you could be rebaptized if you want. And, And I thought both me and Gene wanted to. And, uh, so I did, I was like one of the first ones. I think I was like third to, to be baptized. And when I did, I truly know what a Holy spirit experience was. I saw the brightest light Trinity that you can imagine. I was shaking uncontrollably crying uncontrollably. And all that pastor said, thank you, Holy spirit. And I just knew then that my life had changed. Wow. Wasn't sure how. And that was part of the trip too. Um, we went on, we were at the sea of Galilee and, uh, that was a couple days after that. And I truly hear, heard God tell me, and I've never heard God speak to me in my entire life. And he said, I want you to be a fisherman of men. And I told Gina, I said, really? I, said, I don't even, I don't even know how to fish. <laughs> I don't even like it. And, and she goes, he'll show you. Yeah. And, and he did. I know John that. It was in Israel that you identify as being the place where you were truly born again. Yes. And it was from that point forward that God has radically changed your life. Yeah. But you've also told me that you've been able to identify God's constant pursuit of you. And that it wasn't until Israel and the experience at the River Jordan that you responded to the gospel. Yeah. You come home. God's got a call on your life for ministry. And you made changes to your life for you and your wife to move to Alexandria. Talk to me about that. What was that call to ministry? Um, You know, she wanted me to retire for, she was already retired. So she was after me for like three years. Why don't we retire and you want to do ministry? Let's just do it. I said, well, what do we do? I don't even know what we're going to do. And, uh, all of a sudden she came down with a rare type of cancer 
and uh, and it's uh, rare uterine cancer. And they told us that she had like a one in one hundred thousand chance of surviving. Any which way, we went through chemo and all that good stuff, and and um, that was hard. And uh, but when she had her two year checkup, she was they called it clean, and so. You know, we we were joyed. We were just thrilled. It was like, okay, so I'm okay. That's it. We're I'm retiring. We're gonna go. Still didn't know what we were gonna do, so I put in my notice, and and, and uh, lo and behold, uh, as only God would have it, they were starting a new position here in Alexandria as uh, with a fellowship of Christian athletes, and as an area director, a new one, and. Uh, Gene says, you love kids, uh, you you love sports, you love talking to coaches all the time. This is like right down your alley. Yeah. And I, I called the guy and he says, wow. He says, yeah, I'd love to meet with you. And, and even that was a miracle of God because he, um, my mom had suffered a stroke the day I was supposed to meet him. Yeah. And so I'd called him and said, I, I'm sorry, I can't make it. I said, my mom suffered a stroke and I'll be at the St. Cloud Hospital. Mm. He goes, wow, that's ironic. I'll be at St. Cloud Hospital. Wow. So he actually interviewed me at the hospital and, wow. and hired me right there. And mm. and so it was just a, a, a complete God thing. Yeah. 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 As you guys brought your life to Alexandria and um, Gene's cancer was in remission. Yeah. And you guys began your ministry together. Um, you had uh, an abrupt halt to the ministry experience. Um, talk to me about that, John. What, uh, what put a stop to that for a season? Um, you know, it was, it was just something we looked forward to so much because uh, we had it all, we thought we had it all planned. Right. You know, what do they say? If you want to hear God laugh, tell me your plans. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, she was going to uh, minister to women coaches and I was going to do men coaches and then with the kids and we were going to disciple because I just loved discipleship and so did she. Um, I, I would say that she was like, she was discipling me all my life. I didn't realize it. I do now, but yeah. at the time, but her cancer came back. So I kind of took a time out from Fellowship of Christian Athletes and told them I need to take care of my wife. It was the toughest thing I ever did to include every mission I was ever on in the military. Um, it was tough, but very rewarding. Yeah, Very rewarding. John, I witnessed you care for your wife through the last weeks and months of her life. And I want to commend you for being faithful to God and faithful to your wife. Thank you. You are a man of God who is an example to me of what it truly means to love your wife unconditionally. Thank you. I know you have said that's been the hardest thing, one of the hardest things you've had to go through in your life. Yeah. But it was also some of the sweetest yeah, time yeah. Yeah. with your wife, Jean, and also with the Lord. Yeah. What was sweet about that season? Uh, you know, it was so sweet because we had conversations that uh, I wish every couple could have. Mm. 
because um, they were so deep. We talked about her. She always talked about going to heaven. She, it was never poor, poor me. Her, her, her great faith, matter of fact, uh, I, I'm sure that it, part of that was uh, her discipling me mm-hmm. she, so that I wouldn't slide backwards in my faith. <clears throat> but we talked about God. We talked about, oh, what do you think you're going to see? You think you're going to see Joey right away? And, and, um, and she would always ask about me. She was always worried about me. Sure. And I said, well, I'll be fine. The Lord will take care of me. Yeah. And, uh, but we just had such great in-depth discussions about the Lord. And she would tell me about, you know, I feel his hand. Yeah. I, I can feel his hand. Those were very, very precious days, yeah. weeks, yeah. months. Right. Yeah. yeah. John, what did the Lord teach you in that season that you hold on to today and that is transferable to others through you? Um, you know, that he will give you the strength to do anything that, that you want. He'll, he'll give you that strength. And, you know, I've always loved... What is it, Ephesians 8? I'll make good of all things. Mm-hmm. You know, I had finally come to realize that took a long time, but through Joey's death, uh, my faith was where it was because of his death. Mm-hmm. And that was really a long journey for me to, to find joy in, in my heart. Yeah. Um, but that joy finally replaced the sadness, yeah. uh, although it took what, eight years to get there. But I, f- I truly understood it, and 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 with <clears throat> with Jean, I had the joy even before she passed. Yeah. Although I, you know, don't get me wrong, I was it's devastating, and especially as we come up on two years. Right. On the twenty ninth, it will be yeah. two years, um, and I still cry at nights. But I have what took me eight years with with Joey. I had the day after Jean died. I had so much joy. And and I've never been at more peace in my entire life than I am right now yeah. on my journey with the Lord. Yeah. Praise the Lord for that. Yeah. Uh, John, I know that God called you to ministry. And those he calls, he equips. Uh, ministry in FCA is still part of your story. And it's still part of your future. Talk to me about uh, what is life like in ministry right now for you? And how is God using you today? Well... You know, we, you just had the series about the Gospels. Yeah. And it's funny because the Gospels are the foundation of, of my whole being now. Um, you know, I spend an enormous amount of time in Scripture and studying Scripture now that I never, ever did before in my life. And I want to share that with all the kids that I can. Yeah. I, and I'm big on discipling, and the Lord's just made it an opportunity to work through coaches and the kids. And... Uh, He's just so many opportunities. Uh, I've, I, because of my alcoholism, I'm very involved in Adult and Teen Challenge. Uh, so I do a lot of work with them. I, I also do a lot of work in Haiti. And, uh, it, yeah, just God's just putting ministry on my heart. And it's like, God, what do you want me to do? And he, he just, yeah, hey, I'll tell you. Right now you're fine. Just do all three of them. And, and <laughs> I'll tell you what, when to go and do something else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, John, thank you so much for telling your story and for being a man of God who uh, is representative of a child of God who God has pursued his entire life. Yeah. 
Never gave up on me. He never gave up on you. And when you responded to the gospel and you were born again, uh, God has continued to do a great work in your life. And he continues to this day and into the days forward. Thank you for your faithfulness of walking with the Lord and responding to the call he has on his life and to being committed to finishing well in this lifetime. Thanks for telling your story, John. I much appreciate it. And I want you to know that I love you.